All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What's up, Anya? What's going on, buddy? We're at Nation HQ in Parts Unknown right now. We're coming at you from a completely different location. I know, slightly bigger than the KGB room. Yeah, and all new audio equipment, because yes. you today ran an identity theft scam online, got a new credit card, and went and bought all new audio equipment. Uh, no, I didn't buy all new audio equipment. Anya Gretz bought all new oh, audio equipment. Oh, that guy. What an idiot. No, where you're rolling from. Yes, a brand new portable studio. And Unbelievable. I say, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Feeling pretty good. We got a couple of boys with us. Yes. A couple of the lads. This show is going to be all about nothing. We got uh, two of the best guys going. We've got the Squire, co-founder of the Nation Network. He's come in for his first podcast ever. Very reclusive guy, always on the news. Yeah, very happy to get the call up with, to the big squad. Oh, the big squad. You uh, got to call your own shots yeah, around the, here. The, the show, the big smoke. Darn right, darn right. And we got uh, at Nipsey Brown, 72 Twitter followers, each one golden. I, I very much treasure my Twitter followers. Yeah, and the voice of lots of ads here on this podcast and other podcasts, Josh Brown. I, I like to do some side gigs. Yeah, yeah you got... Uh, and Josh has the best shoes out of all of us, I will say right now, too. Oh, uh, nothing like fake Yeezys to, oh, make to get some well, credibility. Tell Mazur fake. Over There's a funny story with that. Josh and I got duped by Instagram marketing. It is a thing. It works. So yeah. We should uh, get on that as soon as possible. But we got... Uh, 
sold a bill of goods about just after Boxing Day last year. And it's easy. It's free shipping if you buy two pairs. 65% off. We're like, we have to act now. And we did. And then didn't get a confirmation email for like five days. So we're like, oh. That's a good sign. This could be legit. Maybe still fake. I don't know. We're concerned. And then they showed up. And all oh, the packaging was legit. And then I wore mine for the first time. And while I was walking in them, the like the sole was coming out up yeah, my ankle, like a real Yeezy would. Like a really well, exactly. And now yeah. I'm like, these, these these still can't be fake. The heel's coming out like it should. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was until I met some like real hip kid who uh, pointed out that they're fake. No, actually, it was the, it was the sole thing that pointed it out. But <laughs> did uh, you get it fixed? No, I just run them sans uh, soles. Oh, that's a way. To do and so I wear them in the snow. Like I'm not like there risking. I'm like, oh my god, that guy must be rich. He wears his Yeezys in the rain. False, poor, and they're fake. Remember when we went to Asian Ball at fake underwear? Oh, right. So we went to <laughs> we were in Thailand <laughs> and we're wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, is this yeah. like R rated or no, 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 no. This is a legit story. We're in Asia and we're going around doing our thing and there's like one day left and we went to the markets half in the bag and ended up buying all this fake designer underwear right bring it all back like this is gonna be amazing we're gonna be hugo boss yeah. and calvin klein ginch till yeah. death underwear is like on lock for life yeah like, it is never each. underwear never have to think about underwear for the rest of our lives easily set we're set what we failed to take into account is that the color on off-brand knockoff underwear bleeds uh, yeah so you take off your underwear yeah. and it still looks like you're wearing underwear yeah <laughs> and we dyed all the seats in Wanye Manor any purple. white toilet seat was dyed all dyed Instant purple chance. so when we ended up moving out of Wanye Manor the new person who got it was like what's up with all your toilet seats why are they all dyed purple we're like that's what you fail to take into account when you buy off brand shit is that you have to replace all the toilet seats in your house one day exactly do not book a trip to Thailand to go buy underwear because but it'll be it'll it's, it's legendary but well, the I, irony I, hopefully i can still get a refund <laughs> <laughs> well the irony though is that i've since bought real hugo boss underwear and it turns to dust oh. in a matter of seconds and i'm still when when was that trip 2012 2012 i got a reminder on facebook it was like five years ago six I bet, years ago i bet you i still got five or six pairs of that no. uh, armada of underwear that came in Just and they're so. unbelievable they're unbreakable well they're unbreakable and to to tell you about like designer underwear being crap like now, not to say H and M makes like the best stuff, but uh -huh. like you know, it's it's affordable chic, if you will. Sure, 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 uh, sure. You know? That's well, so well said. You can buy a nice five dollars shirt, and it will you know look okay and last enough to you know warrant the expense and go back. But they've got David Beckham as a spokesperson, and he makes underwear now. Yeah, uh, and. I don't know like if Beckham it, brand underwear? Beckham brand underwear. So you're like, well, that's a sexy guy. Like, yeah, if I yeah, put on yeah. his underwear, I get, like, why you get celebrity endorsement. You I'm could get posh I'm like, oh, my God, exactly. I can play soccer now. Uh, so I put these things on. I don't know if this is TMI for a podcast. But no, I'm there's good. nobody listening. Exactly. Perfect. So good. So I'm talking to a bunch of guys. Yeah, you're room, talking so to everyone good. in the room here live. The buttons just pop open. Like, your junk just falls out oh, of the front of That's a Beckham move. Yeah, totally So it's just always ready? Oh. Yeah, okay, so yeah, okay, well then maybe Beckham's on to something. That's just like the life of just getting any girl you want that's just like right. everything just falls out. That's so how maybe Carter now Be I get it. That's how Cruz Beckham was born, actually. He was just walking through the house and everything flopped out, and then next thing you know, nine months later, that's... there was another Beckham child. Yeah. Can you name all the Beckhams off the top of your head right oh, now? I'd imagine there's, uh, there's Brooklyn, and there's Cruz, and there's Harper, the little gal. What the hell's the other one's name? Tito? Yeah, I was going to say Tito. Yeah, there's Jermaine. another one. There's Jermaine? Jermaine. Yeah, it's yeah. Jermaine. It's Maybe Jermaine. David Beckham Jr. Yeah. Be no, they never went Posh that route. Beckham Jr.? No, they never went that route, oddly. And they had named everybody actually pretty normally. 
I know all this specifically because he got his MLS team today and they put out all that Instagram content of celebrities like encouraging him oh. and doing whatever and all the kids were lined up with their posh little accent. Surely one of them's called Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby Spice? Like, what? Well, it's a boy. So what? So I remember rumblings when he signed in the league he would get a team. So where does his team? Is it Miami? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... Yeah. That's that's boss. Well, you got to think like the MLS has done such a good job in the last few years of like turning into a legitimate sport in North America that that team has to have some value. I don't know what it. I bet you it was part of his agreement to come over. Oh yeah, I believe it actually was. Like I, when I do eventually retire, I will get part of this league because yeah, it's become in some markets it's becoming the second or third team. Like in Seattle and Portland, that's the biggest rivalry going right now. It's between the Timbers and the. Son? Whatever, Sonic Sounders. 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 Like yeah. it's a huge, Shit. like the MLS is massive in, in certain pockets, not everywhere just yet, but in certain pockets, it is massive in the states. I feel like they embrace the fact that like Spanish-speaking people love soccer, and before it was like we're gonna make this as like a different type of NFL football. Now they're like, nah, fuck it, let's just go to real soccer fans and offer them Spanish language content and watch how this blows up. Yeah, mission accomplished. Like it is. Like it's. I, I'm not too involved in or, or a consumer of soccer, but like you watch, like T, you see a lot of TFC stuff, and it's like, like it's well attended. Like they're going crazy. They won this year, didn't they? Or they, they lost? Did. They no, won. They they won. Yeah, they won. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for my ignorance, uh, soccer fans out there of the nation. No one's listening, podcast. man. It's all good. Perfect. Okay, it's Sorry all good. Talking buddy. to no one. No, uh, it's all good. So yeah, no, it's 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 good. And obviously, the experience because like soccer is probably. Like one of the most boring sports to watch because of how slow moving it is, but like it's like you're at like a quasi rave there. Like everyone's just dancing and yelling <laughs> and singing. Like the vibe in there yeah. is just like crazy. So I can see why people like it, especially because like the barriers to entry for like tickets are probably cheap. Who knows what the beer prices are, but uh, probably sky people high. are going crazy. They serve you paella, which everybody loves. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think security pats you down, and if you clean, they give you a rug flare. <laughs> <laughs> you're not drunk. You're gonna need it to watch this garbage. <laughs> to bring it back to paella, the best paella. Remember when we were in Barcelona? <laughs> to bring it back. To, to bring paella. it back to paella. Always bring it back to paella. Yeah. It's the crust bits on the edge of like the skillet of the paella oh, is the best part of the paella i thought we were gonna get into paella after we had there we're like oh man i've heard of this before why it never really well it's because like you, you don't no one really makes it unless you go to like an authentic place but you'd never think to get it because you're like oh, i want enchiladas like i'm just like i'm there for a specific reason but yeah. like you know like some like the places like joey's or whatever will have a paella do they have it one of the Earls they did once upon a time like oh I get, like paella I, I'm gonna be a paella guy and then it's just not the same it's, so like, it's easier said than done too like I'm gonna be a paella guy something you just spit off the top of the dome then you realize the implications of it yeah the minute you say that you quickly forget that you said it yeah. and then you're looking for a donor again so. I told myself I'd be an off-brand designer underwear guy and I kept to it and that's mm -hmm. why my legs are still purple eight years later <laughs> that's commitment uh, Oani, why, we're without bag milk today but why yeah. did you want to have both these gentlemen in well today? I want to have the boys on for a few reasons Number one, the nation's always sort of doubled as our diary or our time capsules for ourselves. And I don't remember really what happens ever on a day-to-day -day basis. I like to be able to look back through my life and say, oh, yeah, that happened. And so uh, so Josh and uh, the Squire and I, we all live together. We're roommates. And we all work together, just like in the Facebook movie. And uh, and Josh is going home. He's going home next week. And I refuse to know what day he's going home, okay. Maj, because I don't want to be counting down and be like, that's our third last Thursday. And that's our second last must-see TV Friday. And that's our first last Bottle Depot run. So at some point in the next little bit, Josh is going home. How often do you guys go to the Bottle Depot? 
fairly you, regularly. I was going to say, if you're bringing it up, you must go enough. Well, you've got to go through a lot of cans of Bud Light. Exactly. Today. Nation beer. Nation yeah. beer. Nation we go so much, time. we get 11 cents a can. That's right. That's right. And and so Josh has been, Josh. we met Josh in 2009. The Squire and I went on a bus tour, like two elderly women, but we were looking for non-elderly women at the time, and we were going to go and make our moves. And we go on this Kentucky tour, and where we start? London. London, yeah. Yeah, and so we don't talk to anybody in London. And the Squire and I have decided, well, we're not going to be friends with anybody on this trip. We're going to be in, we're going to be out, and this is going to be like, we'd never seen anything, we'd never left the continent. This is our time. So these guys get on board. So there's Josh, and then there's his twin brother, Sam, who was lived in Edmonton. There's for another years. one of him? Yeah, they're the oh, Sedins of Brisbane, buddy. We'll get to what this guy's <laughs> okay. done in his life. It's okay. no fucking joke, I'll tell you. And then there was another guy named Nathan, and, and then there was another guy named Rosie. Rosie. Yeah. yeah. And so these boys get on the bus. And they're pro athletes in their off season, so they're barely even arrogant. They're Australians, so they're barely even turned up. And they proceed to go through this tour and out the side, kissing all the ladies on the hand. And I wish you could all see the grin on his face right now. <laughs> it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it in all my life. We were stuck in a bus for 23 days. Or 23 days? No, it was like 16, 18 yeah, days. 16 days. 16 yeah. days. And then we tacked on another 10 days on the end or whatever we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And then we declared in the in the uh, uh, tradition of all travel friends. Uh, well, tell about how you said I'm specifically not going to be friends with those guys at the front of the bus. Well, because Wanye was wearing a camo hat at the front, and between him and the squire, who speaks at a rather loud volume, yeah. yeah, I was thinking, no, these guys are American. Fuck these American guys. We are not being friends with them. Stay away from those guys. And the host said, you're going to make friends on this trip for the rest of your life. I'm like, this bitch couldn't be any more wrong. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> specifically those assholes over there. And then it came to a little town called St. Goa in Germany yep. when there was no spots available for the squire to sit at. And he said, hey, can I sit here for dinner? And that's when we found out he was Canadian. Yeah, Wanye ditched me, so I had to go find him. I don't even know seat. where I am in this tour. I'm somehow unavailable on for a the bus tour. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we felt ashamed for having mistakenly thought that they were American it's like calling an Australian a New Zealander right which is basically the same thing but don't tell either party yeah exactly like Canadians and Americans and then uh, all of a sudden it was man love at first yeah. sight and it all went from there the bromance exploded yeah. so big that eight years later nine years almost now yeah, yeah. yeah. we're nice. still rolling together as a crew so we made one of those vacation promises that like basic bitches make to each other like we'll be the friends forever and we'll get together every year but we've actually done it Really? Every, yeah, every year since 09, we've gotten together. We went to Vietnam together, yeah. bummed around there. Then Sam came over and lived with us for a couple of years. And then Josh and his lovely wife, Ursula, came. Uh, freshly married. They got proposed. They did their proposal in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Proposed in Edmonton, got married back in Australia, and then moved straight back. Unbelievable. So we've had two phenomenal years of living together in like a weird, non-religious cult, cult house. Mm. And it's all coming to an end. Very soon. Very, very soon. It's very sad. So this for now. For, for, now. Now. for now. For now. I'll be back. you've gone and gotten your permanent residence. Yeah, I went and uh, and asked the Canadian government if they'd let me stay. And they said, sure, here's a sack. You fill that full of money and we'll let you stay forever. Right. And right. I did. Right. Here you go, buddy. Democracy works. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, so I got our permanent residency. And uh, so we will be back. We will be back. That's the, that's the promise. All Phenomenal. right. We're going to share some more stories. But first, let's hear a quick word from our friends at Japan Machinery. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Japan Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Japan Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Japan Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at japamachinery.com. 
Chapa Machinery Group. Join the family. I don't understand how that works. Like, so everybody got banned for steroid use? Yeah, so there was like some weird testing thing they did where it was like the, the testing itself during Sochi was like illegal and they were also like <laughs> doping. Like just for the Russian athletes, the Russians were doing a bunch Welcome of... Welcome to Russia. Exactly. Put your pee into this diet they going, Yeah, they, treated, they went Russian style on the on the testing, but just for their athletes. And I guess like a lot of them were doping. So they're like kind of... It was government run and that was like the whole big problem. So right. It was like under the veil of the government. And so the IOC slaps them with the ban from the Olympics. But then they just circumvent it by just adding a few letters in front of their name and all the clean athletes can play in it again. It's such ridiculous gibberish. Like, I just, it's so stereotypical, like, moose and squirrel, Russia and the U.S. Like, hey, you're doping. What? We got caught for doping? How terrible, right? Like, <laughs> just stereotypical enemy type yeah. shit. There's a really good documentary on Netflix that explains, does a good job explaining. Have you guys seen, uh, have you seen Icarus? Jay, it's a really good one. No, it sounds amazing. Someone told us to watch it. Yeah, the name Icarus sounds amazing. Yeah, it was basically the doc. It starts one way, and then the documentary goes a complete different way. Is this the guy that tries to find out if you can do... Yeah, it's like it's, a Lance Armstrong, and yeah. then he goes into the Russians, and they essentially get him to get away with doing. Yeah, it starts out a guy just wants to go in and this, this yeah. cycle race as just a regular human, but go on PEDs and do this Joe Blow race, exactly. and then right. wants to get personal education up. days. Exactly. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that. <laughs> and wants to get to juiced up properly, so he meets with a doctor from Russia, and then one thing leads to, and then like the documentary becomes something completely different. But because he becomes the whistleblower. Yeah, for the basically. Whole thing. Yeah, like it's. <laughs> I see. I don't care. I think everybody should do steroids. It should be like, do you want to see people run a hundred meter dash in under three seconds and their limbs come flying off? Yes, I do. Probably. Would. I, I think there's like a right thing. Yes, I want to see like maximum speed, but not like you know. I don't want their kidneys to fail or pancreas yeah, to shut I down. I do. At 40. I want everybody so dead like that, by like, 40. Let's get the good PEDs and like dope them up a little bit so they can you know do what they do to be faster or stronger or whatever. But like. Dude, bring it back to like Lance Armstrong. I'm bringing things a lot. I'm bringing, I I'm like a, it's good. I'm going to bring her back. You're a damn pro. I also want to bring it back to teacher's convention because you said PD days, but that's another story. Um, like Lance Armstrong, like, like if they, all the guys that like, they go back, this is inaccurate stuff. This is all hearsay, but like they, they the, the, the Tour de France that he won, like if they remove all of the dopers, like it's like the 34th place guy wins the yeah, Tour de France. and nobody wants to see that asshole. Win so like that's where I'm like, I don't get it. Like I don't, I'm not a. Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But like, why you know, was he so uncool that he couldn't get any well, exactly. PDs? Like if you're in a race and everyone in the field's doping, you better be doping too, bro. What do you? No, no. For the sanctity of the Belgian cycling program, I will be the only man not doped up today in the field. Exactly. Pussy. Yeah, exactly. And 34th place, there it is. But you know. Ten years later, he gets his due. Shouldn't we ask the pro athlete about these? Well, I was just going to say, I'm looking at our notes here, Maj, which basically is like cut one day off after 30 seconds nope. in rants. No, that's. We want to talk to Josh about the, you know, having known him for a long time. Your athletic career, Josh, I think, is super interesting for a few reasons. Number one, it happens on the other side of the world, and so all the cities you name are all exotic and interesting. But let's just talk a little bit about like, you know, what you've done. Where, where? So, where did you get your start? Tell us a little bit about like childhood, as Josh and Sam are training themselves as twins and to be super sedines. Yeah, so we lived. Well, first off, let's clear up the rumor that there is no snakes and spiders on a football field, so you don't have to worry about that as Canadians, because I know you're all stressing about snakes and spiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my biggest fear. But uh, Sam and I grew up in a little town called Coranda, which was uh, on the edge of an Aboriginal settlement, and uh, in northern, and in, in right up north, yeah, uh, on the east coast. Um, rainforests and coral reefs is essentially what you're looking at there, and. Uh, 
Yeah, we'd, we'd moved down to Coranda from Papua New Guinea. I spent the first five years of my life in Papua New Guinea. With like cannibals as bodyguards. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it was a pretty... We, we used to have some pretty big Rottweilers that uh, used to protect the uh, protect the house and uh, and obviously Sam and I. Um, but yeah, we, Dad was a very athletic guy in Tasmania, which is right in the south of Australia, a little island. And uh, yeah, so we kind of followed in his footsteps and tried to get into athletics and tried to get into soccer and footy and as many sports as we could. I think at one stage when we were about 14, we were playing uh, eight sporting events in a seven-day week. Wow. So Wednesdays was a double up because he used to play uh, school sports and then under-18s. And in your off time, you'd go out to your to your house, to your property, and basically just do sport with one another as identical twins. Yeah, if and it try was, and outdo the other guy. If it was the weekend, you'd wake up and Sam and I'd go out and start playing something. And then when the sun went down, we'd keep playing until it was too bad. And then Mum would call us in and we'd go and have dinner. And that's, I think, so often the case when you look at people in different sports who succeeded. There's that principle of ten thousand hours, right? Mm-hmm. Where whatever you do ten thousand hours of, you become an expert. And you see people like you and Sam who are like, "Yep, all we did was go out into a field and then push each other to be the greatest ones we could be at every single sport." Period. Yeah, it's it's amazing being a twin. There's no, oh, he's my older brother, so he has to be better, or, or the younger brother stuff. Like we're both the same age, so we both drove each other. As, as much as possible to become as good as we possibly could at, at whatever we tried. And so you got, both got crazy jacked. There's been times knowing you since 2009. I've seen photos. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. You look like a bloody serial killer full of roids and the PEDs and the personal education days. Doing it right. Yeah. The, Rus- the Russians have recruited me. And then how do you become a member of the AFLQ, which is the Australian Football League one level down. It's like the AHL. Yeah, so, you know, there's a couple of different leagues um, that works under the AFL. Um, mine was, yeah, AFL Queensland, which then merged into the NEFL, which is the Northeastern Australian Football League. Um, you've essentially got to do a tryout with a team in the, in, in the competition, and if they like you, they'll pick you. It's a squad of, of 60 guys. And uh, and you've got to work your ass off to get there. So and you would go to you played for the Morningside Panthers. You yeah, said. Morningside Panthers. So you so showed we, up at like open camp. Yeah, I was seventeen. Moved to Brisbane, which is the capital city of Queensland. Uh, moved to Brisbane and uh, and try and knew Morningside was going to be the team that we wanted to try out for. And what? Why did you guys pick Morningside? Well, we had we'd had uh, offers from a couple of different teams, but we through the grapevine of footy and, and through sport had had heard that Morningside's culture was uh, was the best. Uh, they had a winning spirit. They didn't have the money. They didn't have you know the infrastructure behind the success that you would think, but the culture behind the club was what really drove us to go there for sure. So now, having been to the Morningside Club in Brisbane, which was re- an exciting day to go and see you boys on the wall and all your in all your photos and stuff. So pe- people don't know how does a footy club work? How does this work? Because it's not like over here where you play for a junior team or you play for the Stony Plain Eagles and you're using a rented stadium. Like how does a footy club work? Yeah, no. So it's not it's nothing like that. So obviously, there's a lot of established footy clubs. In, in Australia, uh, a lot of the revenue generated is through you know the VLTs. Um, so that's kind of the bread and butter of, of how a lot of these football. So clubs you have a parcel of land. Yeah, you've got the, a huge parcel. The footy of oval. Yeah. What's it yeah. called? Yeah, yeah, we've got the foot, yeah, we've got yeah. the oval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good for you, Wani. <laughs> you dumbass. I've been talking about the AFL nonstop since 2009, and you know what the track is called, you idiot. Uh, but so you have a parcel of land, and you have a clubhouse. Yeah, we've got a clubhouse, which has got a bar, a restaurant, and uh, and obviously the gaming and section. very profitable VLTs. Yeah, and so you've got. The Morningside Panthers. Mm-hmm. You've got the twos, which are the reserves. So the reserves play. So that's when the 60-man squad, and there's obviously 22 guys in a team. So the ones, uh, it's obviously your, your first team, and then the twos is your reserve team. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and then there's obviously a, a 
bunch of guys that are either injured or don't get to make the team week on week. So there's two teams of players as part of that uh, 60 man squad. So they come to they come to the, the Morningside Club. They sit there. They can buy booze off the team. There's how yep. many people in the crowd at an AFL game? Oh, a good a good day would be a couple of thousand. And I mean, grand finals you'd get to ten to ten thousand easy. Yeah, ten to twelve. Yeah. And it's like, how many teams are there in Briz? Well, Brisbane and Gold Coast were part of the one league. Um, I think there was ten or twelve teams at so any one time. That was one of the things that struck me super cool. Is like you go there, it's like the neighborhood pro team yeah. against the other neighborhood pro team. Whereas here, it's like a very global thing, hockey, and it, you know, it's different. Like this is cool. This is like Good neighborhood beefing. Yeah, like meeting like London having four soccer teams and shit like that. Right? This is kind of like that. Yeah, oh yeah. The, the 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 nightclub scene was always a little hairy if you ran into an opposing team. <laughs> Just West Side chest- Story oh, with yeah. twelve. Yeah, you guys want to go dance in the parking lot against exactly. each other? <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you ran into an opposition club, then all of a sudden the chest came out and, and the boys started to, to get a bit antsy. But, uh, yeah, a lot of close, close rivalries to teams that were very, very close to you in proximity. So you boys wheel out into Morningside and you're like, we're going to make this team, even though you were getting more money offered to you by teams that were considered like the guys who bought the teams and we don't like those guys teams. yeah yeah no we always and, and that was the kind of thing as we built them up as the you know the silverfish and the and the guys that tried to buy premierships and we knew um the premierships were made out of teams that want it not uh, not guys that are paid to do it and that's been really interesting watching the oilers i mean first when when your twin brother was here sam poor guy like i don't think he's i think he saw like two wins in two years oh, of living yeah it was a, it took a while for him to see his first win and we were like, in those days, we're like, you'll see, Neil Yakupov's the answer. And like, he bought in, poor guy, right? He was yeah. here for some dark years. But it's been really interesting watching the Oilers with you guys, with with your your knowledge base of having been in and dressing them of a pro sports team as long as you have. Like, the difference between a collection of guys who want to do it and the difference between the guys who are paid to do it. Well, yeah, there's, there's got to be a big buy-in in the room. And, you know, I've mentioned to you before that there, there can be a real click in a room. Um, the most successful guys are generally the most popular. And, you know, if you think about it, it all comes down, I guess, trust. Um, if you trust what that guy's there to do, you're going to be friends with him on a lot more occasions. And, you know, friendships at, at my level of sport were lost when a guy's form really turned down. It's funny how it works like that. So you're in the room and you're like, hey, there's my boys. I always go sit with Josh at lunch. And then I have a shit three games. I don't kick any goals. And all of a sudden, I'm not welcome here. Oh, like yeah, Forrest you, Gump yeah, on the school bus. Yeah, you become yeah. the leper of the room and no one oh. wants to be around you. <laughs> and that's interesting, right? Because like when you think about, like say, the Oilers this year. And you think about, say, Leon Dreisaitl signing a massive ticket deal in the offseason. Then he has one power play goal by January. Is he not sitting on the good part of the plane? Yeah, I, you, you've got to think that, uh, that there's questions being raised around, you know, and it comes back to that trust, like I said, you know, trusting that he's going to go out there night on night and, and, and achieve what he's supposed to. Oh, it looks like there's a lot of lack of trust in the ice. Like when you watch, there's been like so many times where they've come out like the team that they should and you're like, okay, we're back. And then they go and lay an egg where they can't even make a pass to each, like the trust to like to make the pass versus the trust to receive the pass is just lost. Yeah. And it's just like keystone cops on the ice and you're just like beating your head. So like it does go back to like, there's got to be some that, that trust issue and confidence. Yeah. For sure. Like everyone feels like they're a leper and there's like, it's like eggshells right now. Well, one thing I remember you, like you've done watching sport with you is really interesting because you actually know what's up. I remember you being like, watch how they're celebrating. Watch how they won't look each other in the eye after goals. Those two guys are mad at each other. I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, you know, <laughs> You're picking up on things. I think that the average layman. Like well, I, I mean, people, yeah, communicate a lot without words, and uh, and I think you can tell in the room right now that there's some issues. Um, whether that's 
based on an individual or based on a group what who knows but yeah there's definitely something going on and i think uh it's going to take a few big actions for it to turn around for sure so let's talk about a club that has the tradition of, of winning and you know that you can make a case the oilers do but we'll leave that for the moment um you guys go you walk on to morningside and you go out and win a grand final right off the hop tell us about that so yeah kind of off the hop i came down as a 17 year old um skinny very I've seen skinny. photos. It's yeah, shocking. Yeah, yeah, it's a before it. photo in an eating ad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I came down and, and, and played my first year. Well, technically came down and played in the under-18 National Carnival. Um, National Carnival, that sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like, every tournament's called a carnival. I don't what know why. What a fun country. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not so as festive as you think. No, a carnival. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, played most of the year with the under-18 program. Then for the second half of the football season, played reserves at Morningside. Um, and then won a reserves premiership in my first year, which was after about six or seven games. So uh, six or seven games in, you win the call down league correct. Tr- title. Yeah, and uh, and that's when my eyes were really open to to you know how men in a professional sporting capacity like to celebrate. Ah. Um, and then and then <laughs> as as still a seventeen year old leading into the two thousand and four season. Uh, got the call up into the into the seniors and uh, and then obviously yeah we won the and so I should say in 2003 when I won the reserves the seniors won as well so it was both levels wow and then in 2004 we won the seniors and and I was part of that as a still skinny 19 year old kid with a, a fairly decent mullet because I like to buck the trend didn't know anything yeah didn't didn't yeah didn't know didn't know much and and this uh, is when you won a cha- a championship of a national sport but your haircut was so heinous you weren't able to convert that into let's say holding sexual congress with a member of the female yeah, race yeah i mean not only was there a mullet half of it was bleached white so white. i really well, just cuz just cuz when style. when you when you're young and stupid you yeah. think why not you're like the Dennis Rodman of the AFLQ yeah, but exactly. weren't able to convert it off the field <laughs> yeah, right yeah exactly yeah. I, I was just too scared to get the piercings <laughs> <laughs> so so first year you win the the reserves the next year you go out and you win a grand final mm mm-hmm. mhm and so talk about that because that's insane. Yeah, it was uh, still probably one of my fondest memories in my sporting career. I'd, yeah, it would be top two for sure. Um, it was one of the most exhilarating experiences. Uh, the celebration, like I said, was very, very large. Um, but we were a unit. We were a team and we played against, you know, we were, we were the underdogs and we played against the, the, the richest team in the competition yeah. in Southport. Uh, those jerks those those jerks exactly so we used to call them softport but that's (laughs) well played Um, yeah so they were touted to win it they were the number one team in the competition you know coming into the grand final we had a a very fierce rivalry with Zilmere Eagles we'd played them sorry what's the name Zilmere Eagles Zilmere Zilmere did you play against Gryffindorf after that (laughs) (laughs) the Hufflepuffs would uh, (laughs) where's Zilmere Zilmere is North Brisbane Um, oh it's a neighborhood in Brisbane yeah yeah exactly and uh so Zilmere we'd played them it just so happened we played them the last round of the year then two games in playoffs and uh there was zero points net across so we had uh, a draw a win by a point a loss by a point across three games so, yeah so how about so, so we drew so we drew in the last round of the season and then they beat us by a point and we had to go to a, another side of the playoff bracket and then come back in and then we beat them by a point 
to uh, to go forward to the prelim final against the Brisbane Lions reserves, and then we played against uh, Southport in the grand final. So it was huge. So you met, you faced them at the end of the season, early on, and then met them again in the grand final. Well, no, not South. That wasn't Southport. Oh, that was Zilmere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. So okay. we'd had a really but tough. We'd have a really tough lead into the grand final and we were, we were beaten up a fair bit because it was a tough finals campaign and it came up against Southport and uh, we wanted it more. They wanted the cash and we wanted the grand final. So you win and then I want to talk about something that we've heard the legend about every year since we've known you and we, we talk about <laughs> what happens after you win the flag regularly in our household. You yes. have the week. We have the week. Yes. Yeah. Do now, it. Get you gotta break it out by day. The names, the when, Mad yeah. Monday, the what your Toonie Tuesday. <laughs> so the grand finals are always on a Sunday, uh, which then goes into a big night. If Ten, you win or if you lose, if, if win or lose, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, the next day is what's called Mad Monday. And if you've won, yeah, because you can't do all the shit if you lose. We, there's always a Mad Monday, but if you win, it goes the week. I gotcha. Okay, so Mad Monday starts out. You've so won Mad Monday. You, yeah. You've got to be there by ten o'clock in the morning, okay. even though you've just had a very very large night the at night the before. footy club. So, at the football club, everyone's well. I used to I used to sleep at the football club because I never wanted to be late because there's penalties if you're there from after ten o'clock, which we can't discuss because this is a four oh, yeah, man no, no, audience. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, would yeah, be exactly. shocked if you heard. Yeah, the penalties exactly. Are. If there was someone listening to this podcast, they yeah. would be shocked if we actually went into the details. So, penalties after ten. Obviously, a, a full day of, of drinking, a few games like uh, a modified version of the running beep test, which means you got to drink a lot of beer. There's uh, no, a no, no, break that out because that one's yeah. like so you, you can't pass that one yeah, by. Exactly. So the beat, obviously, I mean, for people that obviously, don't know, you're talking to four people who you don't know. We do. You don't know. We know. Okay. So <laughs> the beep test is a fitness test that uh, you have to run a 20 meter gap, and you can only start the next 20 meters. Uh, once a beep occurs and a beep keeps getting quicker and you've got to keep running this 20 meters back and forth faster and faster and faster until you bow out and that's your score mm-hmm. the beep test on Mad Monday is we separate two tables 20 meters apart and we have a whole heap of seven ounce beer glasses and you just keep running back and forth drinking a beer at each end until you vomit until you vomit yeah there it is and this is when they start the week this, exactly. is, this, this is how Mad Monday starts and then we go into a modified version of Hammer Throw which is nude keg throw mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yes. is hotly contested oh yeah <laughs> very political yeah then there's generally wrestling because the boys have had a few too many and start to, start to let each other know what nude, they really think about yeah, after nude keg <laughs> yeah. throwing the only thing we can do is make this even weirder yeah <laughs> is, is have the reserves guys think that they could have taken on the senior guys and all of a sudden there's a bit of wrestling and, and, and shenanigans yeah which launches into another full night of, of partying. Then uh, then you head into Terrible Tuesday, uh, which is at a, a, at the same bar, the Pineapple, every year. Um, How when's that start? 10 a.m. again? Well, you've got to be there early, yeah. God there's not, there's no penalties, but if you're late, you've, you've just got to start drinking really quick. There's the moral penalty exactly. yeah, of being so, a loser. Terrible Tuesday is obviously just one day at this bar. Then what happened Wednesday? Because, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You're glassing over Terrible Tuesday. Well, Terrible Tuesday is not, a, <laughs> not eventful in the sense of activities. It's more just, uh, it's, it's the day where you start to have the, the, the grand finals sink in. Right. So you've won it. You're all still in your jerseys. You've all got your medals around your neck. Mad Monday was great. There's some stories out of that. But Tuesday, it sinks in that you've won. Yeah. And that's where you kind of sit around. That's when the deep and meaningfuls really Oh, come boy, out. the DMs. Yeah. So you're sitting there telling every bloke in, in the squad that you love them and why you love them and why they love you yeah. and why you'll always be together forever. Of course. <laughs> So then Terrible Tuesday goes into what happened Wednesday. That's now, when, when do you wear your beard in all of these stories? I, I wear my beard 
on, on every day. Okay. Uh, I, I take my fake beard and my pipe. You have a fake beard and a pipe that you wear for absolutely no reason. Yeah, and I do it every year. And yeah. It's, I mean, it's crusty as hell right now. I think at one stage it had a, a condom in it. Yeah, and a like, stripper's yeah, lollipop. Yeah, and a stripper's lollipop. And an and, egg? Yeah, it was covered in egg and pizza <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. So this thing this thing had been through the wars, uh, which goes to show I'd won a few premierships. Damn right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so what happened Wednesday into thuggery Thursday because then you all hate each other. So by Thursday, everyone's mad at each other because yeah. of the hijinks of four days drinking well, together. Exactly. So what, what happened Wednesday is just like, holy shit, man. Like, we've been drinking hard for three days. What yeah. happened? Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. is trying to... So it's just so now it's the DNMs are done. So yeah. now Wednesday's about like, Piece okay, now like what have we done? And yeah. let's piece it together and be like, yeah. holy fuck. Exactly I'm right. an idiot. Yeah, and then yeah, thuggery Thursday is about being a jerk again. <laughs> And to each other or to each other just because you're just you're just drunk and stupid and, and you you're just stopped. going around two different places in town all in your kit all yep. of your medals always on wear, always wearing a your walking jersey. display for the AFLQ yeah exactly yeah. just the, the posted child of, uh, of debauchery and uh, yeah and then it, it finishes off with fuck off Friday fuck off Friday after yeah. a week of disaster with a week of disaster and you're just trying to you know you've got to put a dash of red cordial in your beard just to help it go down your throat because yeah. by that stage you've lost your voice boys like I went in on four and got my uh, premiership tattoo on the Friday yeah. which was uh, ill-advised because oh, I bled like a bad been leaking yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. We, we do want to notice everyone he said bled like a banshee that is our effect on him <laughs> we've, we've been able to get involved yeah. in his vernacular exactly. while he's been here exactly. I think I might have just said funacular but vernacular well, or whatever well said vernacular funacular yeah Edmonton where it's, it's and we don't want to touch base on the fact that you do have this tattoo with the Panthers logo yeah. and I've asked you this 20 times during our friendship when are you going to get the other years because you won how many grand finals uh three. Oh shit yeah. three yeah. you hear that everybody <laughs> it ended up winning three grand finals yeah. but you've only got the tattoo done for the first one i only got the tattoo for the first one it was the dearest in my heart like it still is uh but i should get the years updated because i'm just lazy and obviously was never drunk enough on the friday's proceeding you probably remember in the year that you got all the bleeding yeah, yeah, yeah. But after that, I didn't. Uh, and my, I, to be fair, my last year was not my best. I was pretty hurt. Uh, the guy I played on kicked ten goals, which is an unbelievable feat for a guy to kick ten goals in any game. But he and so was, for you, he, it would be a bad defensive stat. Bad defensive yeah. stat. He was he was in a losing grand final side and kicked ten goals, and he got player of the match for a losing player. <laughs> so it'd be like, so, I won the cup, but I was minus twelve during the series, exactly, and yeah. the guy that I was. Yeah. So and then because I I used to wear number one. Uh, as my jersey but on Mad Monday the boys made me wear number 10 because I conceded 10 goals <laughs> oh, well that's that's the thuggery of thuggery <laughs> Thursday now who's now who there's there's been a con Smythe winner of a losing team and there's been a few of them actually. yeah I was trying to recollect like go through my head of who it was last one was J.S. Uh, that's who I knew it was Jager Doc I was, gonna, I was thinking Niedermeyer uh, but I'm like no, Ron Hextall won it against the Oilers yeah. in 87 and there's another player the Hex as well the yeah. so it doesn't happen too often but it does happen every once you need to put on an outstanding performance like kick 10 goals unbelievable what's it been an honor to witness that well, he did it all in the second half of the game, which was even more impressive. We'd, we'd spanked him in the first half and probably had, a, I think it was a 50-odd point lead at half time, and the game was in the bag at that point. And then this guy came out, stood up next to me. He was a midfielder, but he wanted to go down to full forward because he was a selfish prick. Oh, what an asshole. And, uh, was and he from soft porn? Those guys no, no, he was, he was Labrador. Of he course, was, uh, even worse. Uh, yeah, so he... Uh, 
he wanted to he wanted to get some glory and uh, I started strong and, and spoilt a few and, and took a few away from him and then he just started piling them on one after the other and I got angry at our midfield and said stop letting them come down here because this guy's killing me <laughs> I actually went away from him for one goal I was like Doc my, my teammate uh, Doc Tomlinson I said Doc you've got to take this guy he's killing me and uh, I changed players and then the guy I was on kicked a goal and I said, <laughs> Doc, we've got to change back. It's me, it's me. Yeah, yeah no, it's me. Yeah. So, so what, uh, so 10 goals in the second half would be like scoring how many goals in the third period? Oh, it would, it would be, it would be, it would be a five or six goal period for a oh, team. Wow, okay. Now I can actually feel your pain. Yeah, yeah, it would be, it would be a third period Hattie by an individual. Oh. But you walked away with the flag. But I walked away with the flag, but it wasn't my fondest football memory. Maybe you should get the... That, that was my retiring game. That's the last game of football. You I went out on top. Yeah, I went out on shit. top and on the bottom. I was well, the jewels. Sometimes putzes get flat. What was that? Fraser, Matt, Colin Fraser. Who's yeah, that guy? Yeah, the sign? Cups, he's no got like, yeah, like 17 cups and yeah. he's played like four regular season <laughs> NHL games. Yeah. Not <laughs> to say that's what you are, but it just made me think. Yeah, that's Steve. Yeah, yeah, like like that. Colin Fraser, don't worry, don't worry. You've got a tattoo that is yet to be completed. It's got a lot of premierships on it so you are not definitely not him well we got our cool guy travel tattoos that we're gonna get yeah we're gonna get those done we know we will get them done for sure will you commit on air with four listeners that when we get our travel tattoos you'll get the years updated on your other i can commit to that absolutely so that'd be that'd be gangster you have like somewhere else tattoo yeah yeah like while i'm here also touch up that other tattoo just put a couple more years on there for me yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna get dollar sign face tattoo teardrops on both sides to show how thug i am with, yeah, these, with these bills how emo you are potentially yeah, as yeah, well that's right you know who's gonna help pay for those tattoos our yeah. good friends at Japan Machinery god bless they will have you got holes to dig earth to pack and roads to build then you need to call Japa Machinery Group does your equipment need a service you can't fix stupid but here at Japa Machinery Group we can fix everything else with a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly Japa Machinery Group is a family operated and Alberta grown business here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at JappaMachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. So if you were, that was a Jappa ad we just had, Mash? Yeah, it was an excellent dress. Shout out to Jappa Machinery. Yeah, so if you were listening to this, Josh, which nobody else would be, you could hear yourself doing ads on your own yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to an Australian guy try and put on a Southern American accent talking about Jappa, then cutting to an Australian guy talking about doing the ad in a Southern American accent. Wow, that's like yeah. multidimensional. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the fourth wall. That's right. I believe you've opened up what's called a paradox in <laughs> physics. What was the word in the ad? You're struggling with one of the words in the ad. Uh, parts is always tough. Parts and... And was there another one? There was something. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember when I was trying to record it. There was something that I can't do a, a Southern American accent for. See, I can't listen to this at all. Hey? I, I have never listened to one second of the podcast. Service. Nor could service. I. That's service. Service. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt no, 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 no. A, a very well-acclaimed podcast, but it was service. Service. Yeah, trying to say serv- service. Service. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you've got like pipes. a gravelly, deep, cool guy voice, too. <laughs> I can't listen to this podcast because my concern is that I'll start second-guessing myself. One time... I know I sound like Seth Rogen. People have told me this. Recently, I was in Iceland, and I was peeing, as you do, and I said something in an exuberant tone, and the guy next to me goes, what's up with your fucking voice? You sound like an off-brand Seth Rogen. I'm like, this is why I don't listen to the podcast. I don't need this poison in my soul. Yeah, even Seth Rogen's off-brand, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I can I can respect... Like, I remember when you heard, when you played the ad for him, I was like, this is garbage. And you're like, you asshole, it's not garbage at all. Like, I can't listen to this stuff. I know you. It's all yeah. too... Like, when it's somebody else on the radio, to me, there's like a magic mystery that shit that happens, and all of a sudden it's pro. Whereas when we do stuff, I'm always like, this is the worst. 
But yeah, you do a good job. My fir- my first was to show the squire, give give Jay a listen, and yeah. and say, oh, we got uh, we got them to record their own ad. What do you think? And he said, oh, I'd probably change this word and this word. I'm like, good, because that was me. <laughs> I got tricked. Yeah. And now we've signed him on in perpetuity to be yeah. the voice of all the ads for That's every right. podcast across the land. So let's talk about what you've been doing now, because, you know, it's interesting to hear the the athletic side of things. But you've made an interesting transition, I think, into we were fortunate enough to have you come work for the nation. Yeah. And you came over here and we were like, Josh, you know, part of what the nation is, is local advertising sales. It's approaching local businesses. And with a directory of people that you knew that included me and the Squire and really nobody else at that point, Mm -hmm. you went out and built a fantastic book of business in two years working for the company. Yeah, it was it was an interesting transition because I mean Wanya's fake and the squire was my boss and <laughs> how do you even go about generating business in a in a hockey town? They're so really bad. we all live together. Yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> this sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> what are those crazy kids? Drama. <laughs> so I always thought that it was going to be hard not knowing anyone and trying to sell hockey to Canadians as an Australian, but uh, as this town is, it's so lovely that people have been receptive. Well, and you're a pro too, right? You are a pro salesman. Well, I, I, I tried to take some of the, the, the pro skills that I developed over a period of time and, and just formulate that in advertising and sell that as a, as a, as a model, and it's worked so far, and, uh, and obviously will continue to work in my absence. Um, but uh, yeah, very exciting, and, I, and I've loved every minute of it. I remember when we met in 09, we were like, yeah, you guys might be pro athletes and like studly and stuff, but we're like internet sport guys, and that's so cool. And, you know, eight years later, the company's still rolling, and you've yeah. been like a really important part of our growth. Well, I mean, the them. internet didn't come to Australia until 2012. Right. So when you guys right, started right. talking about it, I was like, what are they on about? Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> a long like, onboard. I mean, it, was, it took a while for us to explain the internet to Josh. Like fax got machines there. plus a television plus <laughs> pagers all in one technology. <laughs> And so now you're going back to Australia and you've now transitioned and now you're in charge of network revenue of the nation, which is uh, if we don't sell an impression to a local advertiser or in a direct deal, it goes into what we call network revenue, where there's a bunch of brokerage firms that sell ads on our behalf. Yeah, exactly. So networks and Google and uh, and some of the other big companies like Amazon uh, want to buy that uh, that space on the website. So I just facilitate that partnership and, and make sure that they're giving us top dollar. The Squire and I are limited in our understanding of many parts of our businesses, purposefully ignorant. We like to tell ourselves, but reality, we're just not that it's bright. plausible deniability. Exactly. If you don't know anything, then you don't have to worry about it. You can never be guilty. Exactly. And we're just like complaining one day like, Josh, we don't understand how our business works. And you're like, oh, fuck, I'm out of here in four months, you nitwits. I'll go and figure this out. And and to your infinite credit, you took the trouble to go and figure out how this very opaque world of network advertising works. And now when you talk about demand side bidding and header bidding and waterfall bidding and blah, 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 you're the, you could be making it all up for all I know. Yeah, I never thought I'd be talking about prebid.js platforms and all these sorts of, of bits and pieces. But all of a sudden, a kid from Australia didn't know what the internet was to yeah. all of a sudden talking to Google on a weekly basis yeah. is kind of impressive. It's yeah, super well, Josh, I'm sorry. Uh, Josh and I had a meeting like two weeks ago or last week, whatever. It's been uh, a whirlwind last few uh, weeks. The, the send off of Josh for having some fun uh, doing it. But uh we had this uh, meeting with like an ad exchange. First of all, I didn't even know what an ad exchange was. So I met with a guy and thankfully I was like, I should bring Josh. Yeah. And like, like me and this guy were just chumming it up, talking sports. And then Josh showed up and like, they proceeded to speak Chinese for the next yeah. 20 minutes. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, thank God. Someone knows something. Yeah. No, for sure. Fake it till you make it. That's like, oh yeah. Well, you, <laughs> geez, you learned some intense words to be able to fake that. So. Nation <laughs> Network's on its 10th year of faking it and 9th year of making it. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. 
And so now you're going to go back to Australia. You yeah. got your PR. You got your permanent residency. We've been lucky enough to be able to retain you on a part-time basis to continue to, to run our network revenue. Yeah, yeah find some stuff going on there and basically we're hunting for another opportunity to work together on like the purchase of a new site mm-hmm. or the purchase of a company and Na- nation network Na- nation network headquarters in australia that's yep. what we're looking that's for that's right yeah, the australian office we've always wanted to have yeah, yeah. exactly in briz that's that, what's traveling to see each other is always a tax write-off <laughs> it is a tax write-off and it's really cool that we live in an era where um you know we were thinking like oh if we, were, we were looking at recently purchasing a website and, and we're still hunting but we don't know if we're going to get it it's mm-hmm. a bit beyond our means at the moment but we thought you know maybe we could find a website in Australia and in my mind I'm like yeah it'd be a website about didgeridoos and kangaroos and like instead we live in a digital world where like there's this fighting website we were looking at buying mm-hmm. and lo and bloody behold if the founders of it weren't just down the street figured yeah. from where you're moving yeah. back to in uh, in western Brisbane it was unbelievable so obviously we're going to follow that one through a little bit more because yeah, well, it's an opportunity and a half we'll be keeping an eye on it but now that we've got a skill set where you know we can look at acquisitions of a website and know that we've got a network advertising expert who can increase the value of a page view by getting more more people bidding for the ad spaces. Uh, you know, it's a way that you can make more money as the nation network that doesn't require going out and making sales calls with documents, which is largely how we built the business was going and ringing Boston Pizza's doorbell 4,300 times until they finally answered. We're now big enough that we can start making money by you doing deals with Amazon and you doing deals with Google where they're buying ads on behalf of dozens and dozens of companies mm. through us. And that's a function of size, yeah. but also a function of you having figured out how the hell to do that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting opportunity for us to become a little bit more of a global company which is kind of exciting and we're bigger now in the u.s than we are in canada yeah is that correct that is correct we're at one million unique uh users per month in canada 1.3 1.4 in the u.s and I look at the square like, were you aware of this? And he's like, yes, I am, you idiot. I'm numb to all this now. It's been like, I've been living in the land of big numbers. I remember when we first like hit a million visitors. Yeah. It's like, holy cow, to we the have pint. made it. Yeah. I'm like calling every meeting in the world. <laughs> I, I, I got our one month of that. I made it so like, if like it was like a 30 day span. So like, if it was like September 2nd to October 2nd. Yeah. It was like it was like some random date thing. It wasn't like a pure month. Like so, I just take that around, and wave it around to everyone. Like a million, a million, a million. Yeah. You see, that's just two commas to, and a decimal point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying to like, I'm like, I don't know what this means, but hopefully, if I keep saying a million, they'll be like, oh, like here you go. Take our money. So we got one million Canadian visitors a month. Yep. One point. How many in the states? One point three. One point four. It's around. Damn. Right. And what about in Europe? Because I know Europe's going gangbusters. Well, Europe's huge. Because if you look at our total traffic across all the sites, we're thank f- you, Finland. By the way, you're yeah. very, very big, and you know you consume our network very heavily. So to all of Finland, I know you're listening right now. Oh, no one's listening. Thank you. I can't remember what that is in Finnish, uh, but thank you. They are the start and the finish. That's right. Oh, well said. Oh, good. You got a Josh joke out. Good, good, good. So how many visitors a month from Europe do we rock? Well, if we have 4.5 globally. We have 4.5 million visitors globally? Yeah, unique visitors. Uniques. Uniques? Yeah. That is, that is an individual. Good God. Coming to this network. I have not they been might to not listen to this podcast, but they are reading our Twitter. 4.5 or- million unique people a month look at the Nation Network sites. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. And then Sweden, Finland make up the, the bulk of our European audience. And then Germany's growing very, very significantly. And I think that's a factor of Leon Dreisaitl, I guess. And then uh, and Australia sits in the top 10, which is nice. And this is where I think, you know, when we talk about the Nation Network and where are we headed and where are we going, like we started it up as a Ryan Smith protest site. 
right? We're looking at the the shrine to Smitty right now. In That's what's office. beautiful in this new booth that we're in, our yeah. studio, you want to call it. Beautiful, tearful man. And what took me by surprise wasn't necessarily how big we were able to get it, but the international scope of the business, right? So if you add up all the traffic to all the sites of the nation network, the third busiest city is Helsinki. Yeah. So it's like Edmonton, Toronto? No, it's not. No, no. Edmonton's not. Uh, I don't think Edmonton's in the top six now. What? Yeah, it was once upon a time. It's uh, and now, now with our partnership, like, no, like we're, we're going to get technical and get a little business Let's get technical. Yeah. So like now with our partnerships with Lakers Nation and Elite Prospects, like now we're like real global. Uh, like we were before, but now like it's supercharged. So now it's like we've got more outside of North America unique visitors to the network than we did. Uh, than we do in North America, which is... We have more visitors from outside North America to the Nation Network on a month-to-month basis than in North America? Yeah. What? And that's the power of like Elite Prospects. It's just super huge in Europe that we're trying to help bring to North America, what? give them more exposure here. But yeah, like Sweden and Finland are like our dogs. We love them. Really? Love the Swedes. Love the Finns. Come on, on back. On we hosted a few Earth? last year. They're good people. I went to go see some in November. They're good. But yeah, yeah they, love yeah, yeah, yeah. they love hockey. They love hockey. That's so interesting. Wow. And it's funny that I have to hear this on a podcast, Matt. I should really go to more meetings, but I refuse. Well, and the other thing, too, with like with our with our uh, with Lakers Nation now part of the network, um, Philippines is now a huge place because they love they love basketball, right? Like it's basketball is the is in the Philippines. Like that's their favorite sport. So they like the they like the LeBron, wherever LeBron James is, they love and they love the Lakers, like the global brands, the man use of, of NBA. So like tons and tons of traffic to, from Asian countries, but like more focused on like the Philippines. That's so interesting. Like I've been looking at buying a lot of websites. That's kind of my job with the company and occasionally podcast now. And I've been pushed into a room where I can't do any damage mash. So don't worry. Um, but I've been looking at a lot of fighting websites and a lot of MMA websites. And it's really interesting, like how global sport has really become. Like I've maybe looked at the financials of four or five or six fighting websites in the last six months. And everybody reports the super spike of life for the last Mayweather fight. Mm-hmm. Every single website on the internet that had anything tangentially to do with MMA or fighting had the best month it's ever had ever because so many people were interested in Mayweather. There was nonstop content going on with that because like they had like 17 press conferences yeah. where one would they'd always swap who was like the more vocal one and whatever and almost fight every time. But yeah. like they had the PR machine there that just gave everyone all this stuff to talk about. And everyone, it was like the number one trending thing like in the world going for Oh, for so sure. Long. And like when like, I see a guy and I'm talking to him about the financials of his site, and he's like, well, yeah, don't forget like June, July, we probably made 23 grand off the Mayweather fight that we'll never see again. When that guy's making 23 grand in two months off a fight and he's so tense gently removed from the fight that's why Mayweather makes as much money as he does mm-hmm. this motherfucker made money for everybody yeah it's so funny when after he, he wins his fight or after a fight he posts his the check oh, from yeah. his own company that he handwrites to himself that's like, the real boss he, move though but like but like it's just it's just like handwritten and like terrible writing like why don't I just post a check that's not real it says a hundred million dollars oh, after I cash. played men's league hockey and you know it's <laughs> dash five and yeah. you know didn't score or do anything well he has no cash but he's rich enough that he writes checks to himself all the really rich people write checks to themselves ain't yeah. nobody getting paid no money from you know hey Shaq here's a bouncing truck right but I own the Lakers and I'm writing myself my dividend check annually yeah, that is boss, actually. What's a dividend? Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about our businesses. You should watch the Kentilly videos to learn what a dividend <laughs> That's right. You'd is. You'd learn a lot and probably have better financial I'm about sense. three podcasts behind, so <laughs> okay. I will catch up to K4 for sure. Okay. 
Well, this has been a good one, boys. This was. Josh, and I learned a ton about you, man. Well, thanks it's for having me on. know you, man. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, my intent for doing this is that when we're old one day and we're having our, you know, 35th annual catch-up, one of us will get the bread idea that we want to listen to this again. And they'll be like, shit, how do you even listen to a SoundCloud in 2032? And they're like, <laughs> one of us will call one of our shitty kids over who, like, streams it to us off a smart toaster and leaves us alone so we can sit back and remember our youth. And I think that this podcast will be a good, uh, important signpost in it. So, you know, thank you for coming to Canada. And thank you for, for doing that. It's been like a, a, an amazingly good time. And thank you for working with us. You well, know? to you and Oilers Nation and all of Edmonton, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. And then we're, we're, we're super see- indebted to you. And it's yeah. like, it's weird. Like, it's been like, it's, it's, I know you're leaving next week. Don't tell me still, when. It still doesn't feel like we had the going away party on the weekend, but yeah. like, it still doesn't feel real. No. And so, like, I don't know when, I don't, I don't know when my terrible Tuesday is going to hit. We're going to have a very but, dark day at some point at Wanya Manor in the uh, next 14 days. But it's, it's going to kick in. But right now, it's like, well, whatever. Like, Josh leaves, and well, I'm not going to tell Wanya how yeah. many days, but in so many days. And uh, it's just still, I'm like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, I'll see him tomorrow. But like, can you just tell me you're going to get a pack of smokes? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do yeah. what my dad did. Yeah, exactly. And they just be like, "I'll be right back." I'm like, "Why does he have all those bags in his car? That doesn't make any sense." And then just, yeah, it's gonna be terrible. Uh, well, on a down up note, that's the real life for this week. Maj, Squire, Noopsy, good time, boys. We'll see you. We'll see you uh, next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.